Hey everybody, it's James Lindsay. We're doing another New Discourses Bully here on the New Discourses Podcast. I'm going to give you a bullet point summary of a single topic that you need to understand about what's going on in today's world. Today's a scary one, digital gulags. I want to talk to you about gulags. What is a gulag? A lot of people don't understand. You even go look it up. Go type it into your favorite search engine. What is a gulag? Or define gulag, and it tells you it's a Soviet labor labor camp. And so maybe you're thinking immediately of something like the Nazi concentration camps. That's not what gulags are. Gulags, using uh, communist ideology that that the labor of the uh, hammer and the, the labor of the sickle, the, the laborer and the peasant doing their work will transform somebody into understanding who they are as a perfectly social being. Marxism is a religion of self-transformation through labor, through actually work that differentiates him from an animal and that sets him free from the bondage of the division of labor where somebody else is his boss. And by going to a thought or a, a labor camp, a, a gulag, and undergoing labor, you learn the value of labor to building the society from the perspective of the Soviets or from the perspective of the communist doctrine. So it is a thought reform labor camp. It is a re-education camp or program. It is a brainwashing camp that uses labor as its main tool. Labor is the key to re-education into Soviet communism. They teach you to want to work, to like to work, to understand the necessity of work from the so-called people's perspective. That's the point of a gulag. It is not a concentration camp like you learned about in the Nazis. And you would know that if we actually learned about communism in the United States, but instead we only learn about Nazism and don't learn about the horrors or the structure or the implementation of communism. The gulag is the last step in the CCP or the Chinese Communist Party uh, re-education model if the re- if the education doesn't work, the thought reform prison doesn't work, then you go off to the labor prison where labor is meant to reform you in the last need because work will set you free. The work is how you recognize yourself to be a a conscious transformative subject in the religion of Marxism, somebody who brings something into the world and thus realizes that he's somebody who can bring something into the world, not just for himself, but for one another, for the we, for the collective, for the society. And so Gulags are re-education camps, and that's what you the first thing you need to understand. Now, gulags are also 1920s and 1930s technology set up in the first place by Lenin, and then later by Stalin, and then later by Mao in this kind of evolving direction. The gulags of the present and the future will primarily not be physical. We may have thought reform prisons, but we're not probably going to have very many re-education centers or camps. We kind of have them in universities now in a light way. We're doing them through DEI uh, training in a light way, but those aren't exactly like going off to a camp. What we're going to have are digital gulags. We don't need to put people physically into labor camps and force them to work necessarily, especially if the claims about the future world of work, that most of the uh, basic and laborious tasks will be done by automation, by robots, driven by AI. We don't need people to go do work. We don't need enslavement camps, but you do need people to be re-educated or, or, or thought reformed into accepting the program. And so what you actually have to do is you have to control populations. We see that in the CCP in China today. So you will have digital re-education. It'll take place by a number of forms. You're not going to necessarily get carted off to some camp somewhere that's just suffering and misery and hard labor and death. You're going to be house arrested by your social credit score, your electric car that has no driver. 
that's programmed. It will refuse to take you anywhere, for example, uh, or it will take you somewhere you don't want to go, like to be punished for having tried to violate uh, the order. A drone might be tracking you. We saw this with COVID in, in Australia, that they were using sophisticated drones to track how far away from people's houses they went. Um, and then, you know, an officer or something like that might greet you and escort you back to your house arrest home. More than that, though, that's just going to keep you in place and unless you're well-behaved and then you have better privileges, which is a form of conditioning behavior, by the way. The better behaved you are, the more privileges you have, the fewer uh, or the worse behaved, the, wor the fewer privileges you have. And thus, a privilege-based, government, government privilege-based instead of uh, inalienable rights-based uh, system takes place. But the primary re-education will start in very subtle ways through algorithms. Uh, your algorithm will feed you not just what it seems to predict that you like, but what it wants you to be exposed to. The algorithm can become increasingly sophisticated like this so that it feeds you a steady stream of subtle propaganda that, as the AI gets better, can get more and more and more subtle, more and more and more looking like it's your friend. As a matter of fact, it could be an exact clone account of your friend on social media that seems to be saying things that will nudge you along, but in fact, your friend never said that. It's a clone account. That's a possibility. And the algorithms could feed you those things if you are in a digital gulag situation. I'm not saying that's where we are. I'm not saying that that's um, necessarily where we'll end up, but that's a, something that's a possibility. Social credit systems and behavioral management under social credit systems where you can't buy or sell things or, or go places if you've behaved badly. But if you behave well, you get privileges, you get discounts or whatever else. Social credit systems will strongly condition behavior in a digital gulag. And then incorporating in real-time emotional management through wearable technology that detects when you're anxious and then intervenes, whether algorithmically, maybe Alexa turns on some soothing music, maybe all of a sudden... You get an alert that you can back off from whatever it is that's stressing you out, your work requirement. You get an email, an automated email that tells you, you know, everything's kind of okay. We'll come back and revisit this and you can relax. Uh, that could be monitored in real time. They're actually experimenting this on, uh, with this already on children in their mathematics classes, for example, under brand names like HeartMath, where they wear heart monitors to find out which parts of the algebra or arithmetic lesson stress them out. The algorocracy or algorithmic governance or algorithmic tailoring method of this is actually pretty well developed already. It uses what they call nudge theory. You've probably heard of Cambridge Analytica back during the 2016 presidential election in the United States, which is where this firm, allegedly this big data firm, used surveys to gather tons of personality data on people and then tailored their advertisements and their social media experience through especially Facebook in order to nudge them or guide them toward the election of Hillary Clinton and away from the election of Donald Trump or vice versa, whatever the accusation was. Just imagine this on steroids and for whatever purpose, whoever's in control of it wants. It could be nudging you toward or away from anybody or anything, a product, a, uh, a politician, a uh, you know democratic resolution on the ballot or whatever else. This is a whole new environment of propaganda. Things can look organic. I was mentioning potentially fakes of your of your friends on social media telling you things that are lies. They could be AI that are generated to look and sound and act a little bit like your friends, but to mislead you. It could become totally personalized as these uh, as you interact longer and longer and longer on social media, and the AI and the machine learning gets better and better to where it actually gets to know you, not just your personality, like your big five personality types, but more and more and more granular facets of your personality of how you in act and interact and respond to different things. And it could be used to guide you. 
to the correct behaviors and away from the incorrect behaviors and very sophisticated and subtle means. This is what a digital gulag in the future might look like. And this could increase in sophistication essentially without limit as technology improves to the point where you could have, you know, they, they we see things, people talking about implants, but it could go to the point where you have, they've, I've seen things talking about implantable experiences where you uh, download the experience of winning the Super Bowl. They don't tell you that you could also have downloaded into you the experience of being tortured in a terrible prison. Uh, but if it's downloaded straight into your brain and the technology may be available in 15 to 20 years, if that's possible at all, then the capacity to completely control you, positive and negative uh, reward and punishment could be um, seamless uh, without even necessarily contouring your thought directly. Of course, I've mentioned the social credit system. That is the ultimate tool of social control. There is no more powerful tool of social control yet devised. Those implants would make it bigger, but it's basically a system of rewards and punishments based on how you behave. So they can, they contour your social, social, emotional, and physical existence um, so that you are going to behave the way that you, they want you to behave. There might be travel restrictions. If you behave badly, buying restrictions, if you've bought too much of things, they don't want you to buy like meat. There might be um, favorable rates and discounts. If you behave correctly in China, the social credit system is such that if you're near somebody with a bad social credit system or spend too much time with them, your social credit score goes down. If you do things like watch propaganda videos, your social credit store go score goes up. They could use this literally even to house arrest you. If you go more than however many feet, 500 feet from your home, 100 feet from your home, five kilometers from your home, whatever they choose to set based on whatever perimeter they want to put, your social credit score could go up or down. You can only have so many flights per year. You can only have so many trips by vehicle per year, per month, whatever. This sounds fantastic, but social but credit cards are already experimenting with this. MasterCard has uh, spending limits on carbon, uh, so they track your carbon purchases and limit you and your future purchases, or you're only allowed to spend so much on, on things per month or whatever, and they might just cut you off. So in the digital gulag, putting people in kind of a thought reform prison, a, you know, early 20th century gulag experience is only, would only be necessary for particularly recalcitrant, trace, uh, recalcitrant cases that might in fact come up uh, or get you, you might actually get there just by deciding you're going to go to the store or whatever. And your app tells you that you're good to go for that. And you, you get out and you summon your electric car and it comes and picks you up and takes you straight to the prison camp instead, because you've been too much of a pain in the ass. And it lies for a while to get you to trust it. So you get in a car that you have no control over and that's where it takes you. This is what a digital gulag system, plus the surveillance, plus the security, plus the drones, plus the possibility of people showing up to adjust you or arrest you, uh, your social through your, um, your what they're they're watching you do, your social credit system, or even what wearable tech is saying about your emotional states. You think that all sounds crazy, but some of this already exists in education. I mentioned the heart math thing. Uh, it's also happening through DEI training in various places. They're plumbing into so-called unconscious biases and implicit biases. Uh, they're already deploying the World Economic Forum listed 14 technologies for the future of social emotional learning that look like they're doing great. And they listed a number, 12 out of the 14 were AIs, digital AI friends that children are allowed to interact with that are not real people. They're AIs. And what that thing is doing is gathering data to 
get a perfectly contoured maybe social credit score, maybe a map of this kid, and then pretending to be their friend, and they can nudge them in whatever direction. Um, this is getting increasingly systemic in schools and other environments. As a matter of fact, the program of what's called social and emotional learning is being pushed into what's called systemic social and emotional learning, which means that everything in the system of the child's experience is going to be tailored by social emotional learning projects. Every subject will be taught through SEL, and eventually it'll be in societal SEL through something like the whole school or whole child or whole community model. Everything that parents will be are supposed to be trained. Uh, the community is supposed to be SEL uh, compliant and and and. Uh, I want to say complicit, but there's another word I'm looking for. Uh, the goal is actually to have this environment of basically propaganda and emotional control and manipulation become systemic to the entire living experience of people everywhere they go, through their televisions, through their sports, through their hobbies, through their church, through their school, through their broadly community, which will be centered into a schooling-based model that's supposed to serve the whole child, the whole school, the whole community, and in fact, the whole everybody in it. And so this is the possibility, you know, once that becomes a mechanism of thought reform for misbehavior and re-education, you now have a digital gulag uh, facilitating it if it's happening through digital devices. This all sounds very alarmist, but I want to read to you a little bit from Ben Williamson. He's a scholar that wrote a paper in the Journal of Educational Policy in 2019, so that's three years ago, titled Psychodata. And he tells us that this is exactly what the social-emotional learning concept already being implemented systemically throughout schools in every subject and every affinity and every club and every sport, if they have their way, is what it's for. He says the political economy of psychoeconomic expertise uh, indicates that social-emotional learning needs to be understood as a part of a political economy in which the measurement of human psychological attributes is seen as integral to economic forecasting and political management of populations. That's not ambiguous. Political management of populations, and if you want to add in economic forecasting, that's straightforward. That's digital gulag territory. Uh, that's what it can look like. That's how they will condition people in the future to be perfect economically forecastable entities who don't buy or sell when they're not supposed to, but do buy and sell when desired, who don't engage in subversive activities or, or any activities against the regime. He says, this Williamson again says, the program of building an infrastructure of social-emotional measurement is integral to the social-emotional management of the digital economy. By providing evidence of the development of the characteristics, personalities, and behaviors required to pres uh, preserve human capital in an AI-dominated future. As such, emer emerging social-emotional learning policy agendas instantiate a new mode of psychoeconomic governance within education when underpinned by a political rationality in which ideally society is measured effectively through scientific fact-finding and subjects are managed effectively, that means emotionally, through psychological intervention. Subjects are managed at the level of their emotions through psychological intervention. That's based in how they're gathering the data on you, maybe in real time. We're talking digital gulags, digital reconditioning or re-education. Constructing an infrastructure of SEL, Williamson says, uh, measurement is central to the enactment of this goal. He then goes on and says much more explicitly, as a hybrid of psychology and economics, behavioral economics has become central to how many governments sorry, of to how many governments formulate public and social policy, rejecting standard economic models of behavior that assume humans act through rational decision-making and self-interest. Behavioral economics has instead focused on the irrational 
aspects of human behavior and the inability of people to act in their own long-term best interests. Nice set of assumptions are working from there, hey? Consequently, new kinds of behavioral government have been designed to nudge people, that's your nudge theory, to make better choices that might benefit both individuals and the political economy using behavioral, psychological, and neurological insights to deliberately shape and govern human conduct. This is digital gulag territory. These forms of behavioral government comprehend behavior as exceeding individual acts of calculated self-interest and strategy, instead involving emotional responses, habits, social norms, and the automatic, unconscious, and involuntary aspects of human action, which might nonetheless be predicted, enhanced, and exploited. This is digital gulag territory, and they're building it out under the names like social and emotional learning that they're trying to make systemic, not just to schools, but to societies. To our society. Education policy, he continues, is gradually adapting to a new political rationality in a, new, in a political economy in which expert knowledge of human psychology and behavioral economics especially is accepted as a legitimate source for policy interventions and government uh, governance. The emerging SEL field is embedded in a political rationality that emphasizes the social, political, and economic value to be derived from measurement and prediction of individuals' psychological characteristics, behavioral habits, and personality traits. These forms of psychological and behavioral governance, as embodied in a globalizing behavior change sorry, as embodied in a globalizing behavior change policy agenda, are dedicated to the intentional shaping of human action, emotions, and personal character through the development of scientific insights, experimentation, and methods. Feitzma terms this a psychocracy, or a technocracy with a psychological twist. Government by psychology, delivered to you by AI-driven apps in your digital gulag. That is, a form of public decision-making that reduces the world of policy-making to, ra to a rational, instrumental, and top-down affair dictated by psychological expertise. The infrastructure of social-emotional learning measurement examined in this article is a socio-technical instantiation of the political rationality of psychocracy within the education sector. He closes his article with, in some Social-emotional learning is the product of a loosely connected network of psychological, behavioral, and economics entrepreneurs, global policy advice, media advocacy, philanthropy, think tanks, ed tech research and development, investment calculations, and venture capital embedded in a political economy that prioritizes psychological intervention as a means to economic ends, and as he said before, government control as well. So re-education in the future will almost be wholly digital. It will be almost invisible. It will be algorithmic and AI-controlled and could be quite false with AI-driven false friends on, this, on the internet. Imagine you could have your friend on Facebook or Twitter and you talk to them regularly and Twitter swaps it out for an AI-driven fake that's going to nudge you or pull you off in some desired direction while completely hiding the content of your actual friend from you. You never knew it. You have a fake per a person you might even know in real life who you think you're interacting with who is actually replaced by an AI, uh, an algorithm that's designed to contour to pull you in a particular direction. That's not on the technological capacity of today as far as I know, but that's down the road. So you can imagine the capacity of a digital gulag. Of course, what all this requires is a lack of data privacy to work. They have to be able to data mine you to do this. Blocking this is a matter of blocking them 
uh, data mining people all the time on all their devices. Uh, it's not a terribly difficult policy fix in terms of conceptual uh, the conceptual underframing. It's difficult in terms of getting the political will to do it because the power for governance, the power for economics, for corporations to predict perfectly to buy to get you to buy and sell as you or buy particularly as they want you to to behave particularly exactly as they want you to to implement social control when you start to behave the way they don't want to and thus to re-educate you to fit with the prevailing norms that they want in society the new values they want society to be based on in the 21st century will be unparalleled in the digital gulag which if they do it smoothly you would never even know you were in and so this has been my quick 20-minute dip into what a digital gulag is, why we have every reason to believe that it's already being implemented, at least in experimental forms, through education of our children, whom they're using to data mine and build out this program, so that as they grow up, they'll grow up into a world that's perfectly contoured to perfectly condition them however they need to be conditioned in order to achieve the ends that the people in control of these softwares and these programs and these companies and tech companies and governments want them to be. That's the problem of the future. The future is not Soviet re-education gulags and some labor camp in Siberia. It is digital gulags where you're stuck in your house, you almost never leave. When you do leave, it's highly controlled where and when you can go and how far you can go. What you can buy is highly controlled and that they nudge you with both um, reward punishment structures, but also with algorithmic and even where they use wearable tech to determine exactly which types of uh, interventions they need to intervene on your psychological and emotional life so that they can contour you and condition you and push you and nudge you into exactly who they need you to be for economic forecasting purposes, marketing purposes, and for behavioral control purposes. This is a tremendous fight for our times, and we must understand it, and we must grapple with it, and we must stop it before it can take root.